All right. Hold on. What the fuck happened, Joseph? Actually, I'll get coffee while you yell at Joe. Yeah. Well, I left my girlfriend's place at one twenty ish and then I stopped by Safeway, and I just took a little longer than I thought to get what back. What did you do, Jack? Off in the bathroom? <laughs> no, no, no. Did you like it, Joe? Oh, I loved it a lot. Yeah? Very much so. Very, very much so. I think we all liked it. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. What was your, uh, what was your guys' theaters like? Um, very nice. Very, very clean. Full <laughs> of white people. So, there you go. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's all my black people's. Yeah. I went to a, a draft house type place in the middle of the day, hoping that I'd be, ha- I'd, I'd have a empty or just not a jam packed theater. That was not the case. Um, my white people were also old. My, my white people were very young and fashionable and they sold Incredibly expensive wine in the theater. That's the kind of place it was. Yeah, that's interesting. Very upscale. Um, Liners, all that shit. My uncle and I just went to Hilltop, uh, which is like it's like a a blackish theater. Like it can fill up <laughs> with black folk, mm-hmm. but when it does these days, it's like they're very middle class. No, it, it's not like Hilltop when the theater was actually in the mall. Oh yeah, I remember those days. And it, and it looked like the uh, the theater scene from Last Dragon. <laughs> we talk about this. I my I think I have a lot of memories of oh black heckles from seeing movies there when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Oh, there. I think my favorite is when the kid gets electrocuted. In Jurassic Park. <laughs> row of black folk in the back of the theater just completely lost it. Just could not stop laughing. Oh. oh, oh. Yeah. I mean, he does kind of shoot off there, but... Yeah, and his hair is all fired up. It's funny. Um, it's funny, Mike. I think I encountered more Mexican heckles than black ones. <laughs> yeah. And... The one that stood out to me, I think this actually happened in Sacramento, is, um, Joe, you may have been there for it. We went and saw Chronicles of Riddick. Uh, I think I remember that. Apparently, there was a character called Jack in the previous movie. This is, like, girl that got older. She, like, dramatically, like, shows up and I think throws off, like, a jacket or something. And then this dude in the, that, in the theater just shouts, Damn, Jack grew up! <laughs> <laughs> oh man it was interesting within this just the sea of white people in that room there was a couple mm-hmm. couple, uh, couple black people in there in the theater and, for me yeah it was um it was fun to see everyone's reactions there was lots and lots of clapping everyone thoroughly enjoyed the movie so mm-hmm. that was always cool yeah that's cool yeah, everybody liked the colonizer line 
<laughs> yes, yes, everyone was cracking up with that one. Yeah, at the afterwards, people were were like barking and shit. They were doing that thing, you know. Mountain guy. Mm. For, yeah. Forgot his name, but yeah. Get a oh Mbaku. Mbaku. <laughs> Winston mm-hmm. Duke. People seem to really like him. Uh, I thought I liked awesome. him. Yeah, he was pretty good. It was a good character. I enjoyed it. Although it was strange hearing him outside the movie. I, I until this movie, I not I didn't know who he was, but I just listened to like a, a normal interview. They were, it was like Hollywood. I don't know what place it was on YouTube or something, and he just spoke so eloquently. There you go, that's the word. And he just was—I don't know. It's like I was expecting him to speak African, you know, to speak in that accent and just be African outside the movie and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But it just didn't seem—I don't, I don't know. Just I didn't imagine. I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm going with this, but yeah, I no. say, uh, most of the cast was not African. Mm-hmm. Did not seem that way. Except, if I, I think she, well, she probably was African. I don't know. But the girl from The Walking Dead, she was in it. I, uh, I don't I know her name. I don't think she No? Is, hmm. But I know Lupita Nyong'o is, I think she's mm-hmm. maybe the only one. Uh, and actually T'Chaka, T'Challa's dad. Mm-hmm. That's a he's an African actor, but uh, I, I don't know. I for one couldn't tell from their accents. They, I, I thought they all did a pretty good job. Mm-hmm. Very much so. His dad had a lazy eye, though. I couldn't stop focusing on that. <laughs> it's just it's just chilling, hanging out there. Yeah, yeah, that happens. Um, props to casting, specifically whoever casted a uh, young T'Chaka, because. He looks like I look at him and I'm like, yeah, that's definitely T'Challa's daddy right there. Mm-hmm. Mm. Oh, you mean? Oh, right, right. In the flashbacks, yeah. Yeah, I, that was, I believe, actually the guy's son. Like the, the T'Chaka, like his son played young T'Chaka. Oh, wow. <laughs> okay. Yeah, and also the the guy that played young Forrest Whitaker. Mm-hmm. Uh, I forget his 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 name. The fuck was his? I I don't know. I swear. Oh yeah, his name is Denzel Whitaker. Not related. But this is like, I feel like Forrest Whitaker has a bunch of illegitimate kids because he always has like people like playing younger versions of himself or like. There's just a lot of kids that look exactly like Forrest Whitaker that aren't related. <laughs> to the point um, where you would go, that kid must be related to Forrest Whitaker. What was it? I want to say in. Ghost Dog, they have a like a relative of his played the younger version of himself. Yeah, that's what I meant. I don't think that guy was actually related to him. Oh, really? I could have swore I was listening to something where they said it was like like a younger, either a younger sibling or a cousin or something. I, I'm I'm not sure because I I know I was like it was like scary. Mm-hmm. It's like that must be his kid. Like it has to be. Yeah. Yeah, I went and saw it with my uncle, and he was definitely the only person in the theater talking. (laughs) (laughs) But it's funny, because he doesn't really do that. Like, I think I've talked about him before on the network. He's a little bit slow and shit, but he drives around and goes to work and and stuff, and, 
usually he's good about not saying anything, but I, I guess he was just really invested because the scene where <laughs> where where they where him and where uh, T'Challa and Killmonger fight for the first time. I don't know if it's the first time, but when the challenge scene, you know, yeah, when he actually T'Challa goes over the the down the falls, and uh-huh. he's just like, "What's up? I'm the fucking king now!" Like, this is how it's going to be, and you know, it's all bad. And my uncle was just sitting there, like, he's disgusting, <laughs> despicable, <laughs> <It's a> disgrace. <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I, just, uh, I can't handle this. Like I don't know what to. I had to nudge him, but like he didn't. Uh, I don't he know. was he was a few <laughs> seconds away from booing. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was pretty funny. But yeah, it's, it's funny. Wait, uh, Joe, you said your theater is mostly white. What was yours, Jumper Cables? Did you say it was uh, not old, only old mostly white, white. Yeah, yeah, mostly white and old. Just like how old? Uh, they were probably retired and had not a lot to do. <laughs> Interesting. But yeah, mine was. I don't know. From looking around, I'd say it was about like eighty eighty percent black, and, and people were like, you know. It was interesting the way people were dressed. Where some of them had like you know the Marvel shirts or the like Black Panther shirts, but a lot of I saw a few dashikis and people were kind of dressed up, you know, to be there. And it was it was nice, you know. There was a long line to get in. Mm-hmm. Actually, we showed up at I think we went the so it was President's Day weekend at open. We went on Monday, so we went. We were trying to go to 11:30, but it was sold out. So we had to buy tickets for 2:30. So, uh, this movie is making, like, a ridiculous amount of money, just like we all predicted. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So much. You guys have only seen it once? Yeah, I wasn't wasn't able to go out and see it again, but, um, I wanted to. Yeah, I want to see it again. Um, I've only seen it the one time, but, so... I don't know. I guess you guys liked it. I mean, there's a ridiculous amount of characters in this movie, and mm-hmm. everybody seems to be responding to all the different characters, and everybody has their favorites. You guys mm-hmm. have favorites? Killmonger. Absolutely Killmonger. Mm-hmm. I like him for just so many reasons. I mean, my, my biggest reason I like him the most is that out of all the Marvel movies and stuff and all the crazy villains and, you know, take over the world and blow up this and blow up that. I mean, I mean, he was pretty much a terrorist. I mean, I'm not saying because yeah. the reason why he was doing things was good, but just his backstory and, you know, his character development and just the type of villain he was just seemed a bit refreshing to me instead of I'm big, bad, evil man. Yeah. He was dominant world. He's very real. He is, and I liked his backstory and just his, his overall character. He just was was great. It was just kind of just really I don't know. I just really enjoyed him a lot compared yeah. to all the other Marvel villains. Not saying the other Marvels aren't good, like Loki and you know all, in the upcoming you know Thanos and all that stuff. It, that was very entertaining. But this, I just liked his character, his his story, who he was, and why he was doing things. I mean, just yeah. his. Great. Something I can say about uh, the Marvel villains, 
um, prior to um, Killmonger mm-hmm. is that even when they're good, they all feel very much like they were spawned out of the ether of, you know, whatever world that movie takes place in. Yeah. Like, they, whereas Killmonger is very much someone from our world, or some variant of our world where there are, you know, gods, monsters, superpowers, secret high techs, you know, you can, it's, it's kind of easier to imagine and place yourself in this sort of world when you see how Killmonger is affected by it, because he's someone either of us could have known, especially out in the Bay Area. Yeah. Well, it's it's not, it's not even like you know his um, like his backstory was you know some evil crazy um, yeah, no, space that's villain. I, I know. Yeah, yeah, like he's more he's more grounded. He's more relatable. Yeah, you're right. He's just he's, he kind us, of started yeah. out like us. Uh huh. So it's just I mean, great. I, I, a lot worse. Right. And I really really like that because it just he doesn't have superpowers. He's well, I mean. He does kind of eventually, but I mean, yeah, he's not some super powered crazy villain man. He's just an everyday person from Oakland. (laughs) Yeah. So I thought that was great. My sister saw it recently and she came in there like, I think she may have had a little to drink, but she came at me a little intense. Like, why didn't you warn me he was from Oakland? Why didn't you warn me this movie was going to make me cry? Oh, (laughs) oh man. Did she say what made her cry specifically? Uh, just, I guess the ball of tragedy that is Killmonger and everything that goes on with him. Yeah. So he's a, he's a, like, interesting can of worms. There's just so much going on with his whole experience. There's the, the, the whole, like, you know, being African, but American and, and that, that sort of, he kind of represents a um, a feeling of, I guess, like cultural abandonment. Yeah. I think. Yeah. The the why don't you save well, the why don't you save us sort of mm-hmm. really interesting. And just the um, cultural isolation uh, Black Americans feel, kind of not really having a let's say like a root culture. The same way, you know, a white person can say, oh, yeah, my family's from, I don't know, like the Netherlands and this and that. You know, you can say, oh, this person's Asian, but they're a specific Asian. They're Chinese from this part of the country. Uh, me and Joe can say we're black and that's kind of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, and what I, I like to, there are so many great scenes with him. I, I want to have Michael B. Jordan's babies. I, I, I need him. <laughs> He's amazing. Oh, it's just so great. Um, like, I think one of my favorite scenes with him was when he was asking, like, you know, like, ask me what my name is. And it just, and they were kind of, I think, what was it? Like, the uh, Chad, whatever his name Chad is. And he, yeah, he didn't say it. And the other, I think it was the other person asked him, like, you know, what's your name? And he, out of nowhere, he just started speaking, I guess it's Wakandan or something. And he just started going off on everyone. And, ah, oh, it's just, and he, oh, yeah, even I like, like way. I like, uh, hi, auntie. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, yeah, that was good. Yeah, that definitely got a uh, reaction in, in my theater. People like that one. Uh, even the final line he said when he died. I mean, just everything about him was just, whew, oh my stars. Yeah, mm-hmm. that, that, I, I mean, there's, there's so much good shit there with, you know. Mm. I really love that, you know, after we get to see, you know, you see T'Challa, you know, he gets 
kind of buried in that thing, and he gets his powers back, but he goes to the, I forget what they call it, the sort of astral plane, and sees his father and, and mm-hmm. conversates with him and stuff. But I really like that, you know, Killmonger kind of, for me, I thought it was really interesting. Um, and I've heard that there's like a four-hour cut of the movie somewhere. But, Ooh, I want it. But uh, apparently there's a bunch of shit missing, like, you know, because there's a lot in his story that kind of is like, like, wait, how did he even know that they wanted that this specific guy wanted Claw back, and how did he find Wakanda? So I guess a lot of that shit was cut. Mm-hmm. But um, no, I was really glad that because it, it kind of was he was kind of skirting this line for me where he's a little bit one dimensional, and then and also because he disappears for like half an hour in the first act, I feel like mm-hmm. he comes back and then because Claw kind of takes over, and then he comes back, and then. I was really glad that we got a version of that uh, astral plane scene with him. Yeah, talking to his father is really, really touching, and you know, you know, hearing about the sunset and then having that payoff at the end. Um, mm-hmm. And that really pays off with T'Challa's kind of journey with him, because T'Challa's journey kind of turns and it becomes all about like the guilt of why did you leave this child behind and like. Yeah, he wants to save him, but then he can. The only thing he can really do is give him that sunset at the end. Mm-hmm. I just thought all that stuff was really beautiful. Yeah, it speaks to the tragedy of uh, Killmonger. That I think I was talking about this with my sister. That it seems like making it to Wakanda should have been the end of his journey, but the process of getting there has just destroyed him to the degree that, like, he can't he can't see the forest through the trees. He's home, but now all he wants to do is destroy the place he was before, and like, one minor thing I gotta bring up, and let me just apologize to the white people I'm talking to ahead of time, um, did any of you see the messages on Twitter and Facebook and this and that saying, oh, it was so good, but God, I wish Killmonger would have won? <laughs> well, it, it's funny that you say that, because there was an interview with Chadwick Boseman who was saying that T'Challa was the enemy in Black Panther and like that everyone like Killmonger was actually kind of the hero and he was the one I mean of course the things he was designed to do were not good and that of a villain yeah but a lot of people were saying that feeling like you know he you know Black Panther or just you know T'Challa he he was the one that was wrong and that they were the actual evil one but kind of hiding away from the outside world and all the stuff they did to Killmonger and that what Killmonger was doing was, you know, the right thing. I got some, I got some counterpoints to that, but let me uh, just jump to the main bit. Of course, the, yeah. Let me jump to the main bit, which is um, uh, Killmonger, his name is Killmonger. And he's <laughs> like, literally carved, you know, memorials to everyone he's murdered into his body. Um, <laughs> yeah. He was not going there. He was not looking to liberate the black people and bring them all to it. He wanted he, he wanted to kill Whitey. Yeah. And and not just the bad Whitey, not just the um rich boomer male over 40 that um Democrats hate now. He wants to kill all of Whitey and all of Whitey's babies and anyone that he thinks even supports Whitey, which my saying this means he would probably kill me too. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know if specifically it's it's kill all whitey, but it's certainly like the system, and the system is basically it's it's yeah, it's it's mostly white. But it's, he says he he's, 
Yeah, yeah, that was it. That's what I'm talking about. That anyone that supports it, which is to say, if he hands you one of them Wakandan weapons and you don't stab that white guy in front of you in the face two seconds after immediately, I mean, this guy is—he's—he's he's a terrorist trained by the U.S. government. He's not—I don't think he's going to be reasoned with. Also, well, again, I, again, yeah, all of tragedy. Poor bastard's messed up. I'm not even saying he's this, like, bad, despicable guy. Just that I think a lot of people are kind of missing the point on account of charisma. A similar thing happened with the Joker. Well, I mean, also, I don't... I'm trying to remember, as you were saying, that I don't think he specifically said, you know, white people or anything. I think it was just, yeah, like Mike was saying, like, just maybe just the system or the government and just everything. I don't know. They didn't say that. He didn't say any particular race. He he never. I don't know if he ever says white people directly, but he talks oh. about freeing black people. He says people that look like us. Right. He's talking about who he's looking to help, and he's also mentioned that you know to his own end, he's killed some of his own. Yeah, yeah. Both you know coming to Africa on like a mission from America, and then there was the bit where he shot his girlfriend. Yeah. <laughs> and he was supposed to have liked her. Yes. <laughs> he was sitting there like, wait, was that, did he do that by accident? Why? Why would you do that? Mm. I was sad. Because I wanted to see more of that. But, but the, I, you're kind of, you guys are touching around the main point of the film, at least for me, that mm-hmm. the main conversation it was having, which I really loved that it was basically saying this was, you know, mm. Killmonger was wrong. And that he's, he's an extremist and, and he had these, you know, the things he was upset about were injustices worth being upset about, but yeah. his response to it was, was incorrect and it was, but then there's the other side that's T'Challa's side, which is, is really a fascinating thing I think they did with him, which was to almost kind of give him like the white man's burden. Which is like you have the ability to help these people and you're not, um, mm-hmm. and you this sort of responsibility that T'Challa is almost ignoring. In a way, I guess I don't want to say Killmonger wins because he 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 doesn't, but he is like the spark that kind of pushes T'Challa over the edge to say, "Hey," and I and I guess. Towards a more even solution, too. Yeah, to I, be fair, I think uh, Peter's character wanted that as well, but I don't really remember that's coming from other people I've heard talk about it. But um, but yeah, you know, he comes and he 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 shows up in Oakland and he's like, you know, I bought this building and it's it's where Kilmar, it's where we fucked up as a people. Mm-hmm. We let this, we left this kid here. And uh, we're gonna try and do right by our people that are are still in this land suffering. And I thought that mm-hmm. was, I thought that was a, a wonderful point for the film to make to say we're gonna fix this with with education and really caring and yeah and trying to just burn things and sh- smash things and kill people is not what we should be about or strive for, but. It is, it is, uh, <laughs> I, I haven't seen too much of it, but it is a little disconcerting to me that people kind of miss the point and really support Killmonger. But I, I love, like, what they did with him and, and how he factors into what the film really had to say in mm-hmm. society. Yeah, he represents a lot. Um, and I felt a bit more 
like I understood where T'Challa was coming from in his hesitance to act outside of uh, matters within Wakanda, if only because um, Wakanda is a it, Wakanda was my favorite character of the movie, and it is a fucking utopia. Yeah, it is. I did not want to leave that place. It's just, I mean, we see a lot of, um, I mean, I don't know if it was a 80s, 90s thing or if they're it's just what we happened to watch at the time, but I feel like the three of us grew up with a lot of things depicting dystopias and post-apocalypses and, you know, just, just the future is a bad time. Get ready for it. (laughs) (laughs) So, so, you know, seeing something like this and and just how, I don't even want to necessarily say perfect it was. It had things you could call flaws in it. If there was, it, it appealed to me personally because, how should I put this? You didn't have to worry about the individual element, like the idea that one person can completely screw up everything. I mean, one does eventually, but they're kind of an outside influence. But, um, you know, it's not just, okay, here, black people aren't shat on in the lowest part of society. It's the fact, I mean, they're, they're highly advanced. They, they're highly advanced, highly scientific, but at the same time, deeply spiritual and in root with tradition to the degree that the two come together and solve a lot of problems you get from the individual elements. There's, they have, you know, they have industry, they have all this tech, but it's not overrun and pollution's not an issue. The element of tradition balances this out. They have like, they look like cover cars and big cities and stuff like that, but they also live in huts and tend to animals and farm and they have a king and the only time that there's ever really been like a full-on bloody-ass coup is when someone from outside of the country showed up. It's, yeah. yeah. You know, I, mean, I, I just love the balance. Like, like, you know, there's even like environmental control and uh, it, it's just so beautiful. <laughs> I, 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 I didn't want to leave. Besides kill uh after Killmonger kind of eventually changed his views, like T'Challa's views on stuff, I I did understand, you know, what what he was trying to protect because, like, when he was asked, you know, like, you know, why don't we just kind of you know, use our technology to help people on the outside and blah, blah, blah. And he said, well, if we do that, then, you know, the outside element, we're going to bring that inside and this will no longer be utopia because we'll start bringing in refugees, you know, they'll start winding up. It'll just be... It'll just get worse yeah. and worse and They'll bring destroy their problems. Yeah, it'll become, I mean, so I, I get what he was trying to protect, but, I mean, they all, they, I mean, eventually he did change, and at the very end, like, you know, like, Mike, you were saying, like, he set up the special center and stuff in Oakland and all that stuff, so he finally realized it, but, I mean, I, I, I do feel, I felt a little bit in the beginning, like, I, I was like, alright, okay, that makes sense, this place is freaking amazing, I would not want to destroy this either. I would want to keep this isolated and, you know, just kind of keep it all healthy and beautiful and wonderful. And yeah, I would, and I'd never want to leave. So, but then you got to kind of open up, I guess, and realize, well, hey, <laughs> there's more people than us. Yeah, yeah. I didn't want to leave either. But that was another point that was of the film that was brought up at the end was in there's a couple bits of dialogue somewhere in the, in the middle, too, where they talk about just, I think, uh, uh, there's an exchange between when, between Killmonger and T'Challa that I really loved where he's kind of just going back and forth and he's like, those people are, are your people. And he's like, 
I'm the king of Wakanda, not all people. And he's like, we're all, we're all Africans, we're all in this together. And then at the yeah. end, I think T'Challa, I can't remember where, but he makes the point of, you know, the reason why we're at the United Nations now is because as a humanity, he, he said something about, like, borders and how we need to build bridges instead of borders if we want to survive together. And I just thought, yeah. Exactly. Like, yep. that's right. Like, collectively, as a human race, like, we need to just get our shit together and help each other. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But, yeah. yeah, that's a, it's a problem going on right now where, yeah, it's, it's a lot of people drawing lines, building up walls figuratively, and I guess literally in one case, um, and saying, if you're not here, you're evil, you're what's wrong, you're the problem, and you can go to hell and die. Yeah, and it, that felt timely, but not too over the top, too. Yeah. Like a week ago, I guess, I, you know, they raided like 200 people, um, and they're all like, that's a huge clusterfuck. Mm-hmm. Donald's really trying to kick a lot of people out. Pretty ridiculous, but those those types of decisions are, are really... I guess that whole big decision, it's kind of a unique uh, problem for a superhero to face as a ruler. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. Uh, I think Ryan Coogler was talking about how, um, actually when he wrote this, Obama was, was the president. Mm-hmm. So they were kind of looking at what are his struggles, what are the decisions he's having to make, mm-hmm. that, that sort of thing. So I think as a ruler, he's is another reason why it feels so fresh. It's like, I think, you know, apart from being not just black, but African, but being a king and, like, a ruler and everything that he does affects not just his circle of, you know, relationships like Peter Parker or something, but it affects, like, an entire country. Like, everything T'Challa does will affect, you know, I I don't know how many people live in Wakanda, but Mm -hmm. I don't know. I enjoyed that aspect of it. It just, the whole thing felt fresh. That felt fresh, like... Mm-hmm. Everything it had to say felt fresh and unique from Ryan Coogler's perspective. I just, yeah, I just really love the whole thing. Yeah, it's um, and it's another one that I put like in the camp of uh, like uh, Doctor Strange and Guardians of the Galaxy, and maybe even I haven't seen the newest Thor, but what I'm hearing that, yeah, in that it 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 feels. Very, it does a good job of both being in the shared universe, but being its own world and its own story, which is how the old, how Marvel Comics felt way, way back in the day. Yeah. Like, like before we were born. Yeah. They're really nailing that these days. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm like very excited for Infinity War. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I just got moved. The date for that got moved from yeah. May to, April? Yeah, a week earlier. Nice. Very cool. I'm looking forward to seeing more (laughs) T'Challa. Yeah. So, like, really, I'm kind of looking, I'm like, I don't know if if the scene actually takes place in Wakanda, but that scene where he's like, get this man a shield. Uh, Like, for some reason, I'm really pumped for, like, T'Challa to walk in there and be like, like, back off, this is my white boy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it looks like there's some fight, a lot of fighting going on. I mean, because they're with a bunch of Wakandans. 
Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, I imagine it's gonna, it's what's gonna happen is like, fucking Thanos is gonna show up, wreck house so hard that they gotta go somewhere where he won't find them, at least for the time being. Speaking of that, when, when does this take place? I mean, is it like a few months or um, weeks uh, of war? Or? Definitely after Civil War. I think they specifically say a week after Civil War. They do? At some point. Yeah. Yeah. It's not long yet, because he hasn't returned to Wakanda since. Mm. So. Yeah, he's he's coming back. So it's it's funny to think that it's taking place probably around the same time as Homecoming. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but also, it's... So, the stinger at the end with Bucky, I... It's... Oh, yeah. So they put him in cryo-freeze for, like, probably a few days. I don't... It was kind of... Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean... Yeah, what did you guys actually think of T'Challa? Because I was... I just got done watching, um... Kind of the the Mark Bernard and, and Friends hot takes, and he was kind of... Mm-hmm. He, he pointed out that T'Challa is... For him, T'Challa was kind of just there. Like, every time he's in a... Scene with anybody else, the other person says the scene. Yeah, he's, um, yeah, well, I think it's more to do with the, uh, other characters being so strong. Um, I think, I don't know if it's really a shot at T'Challa. He, I think there's something to it to him kind of like playing things stoic and only, in certain moments, really kind of letting all the feelings out. Uh, I like that, if only because it allows these other characters to really shine, to really give us time with these characters we haven't met yet. Because we were, we did get a bit of T'Challa in Civil War. We got him, you know, we got some emotion out of him, too. He was dealing with his dad having passed. Um, I don't know. I, I, I heard the complaints that he's just kind of, he's kind of dull. He's just kind of there. I was way, I guess I was way more into him and what he was dealing with than uh, most people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I, he was also just kind of there for me. I mean, I was way, way more into Killmonger and even his sister, who was kind of all. Well, she was funny. She was yeah. great. Um, she pretty much steals the whole movie. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I loved her. She's super funny. Um, the way she was kind of like going the back and forth she had with uh, T'Challa, that was. That would kind of, you know, poking at him a little bit. That was great. Um, yeah, his character, he really was just kind of, like, it felt like for me, he was just kind of there to introduce the other characters. Um, yeah, because everyone else around him was just, their acting, their characters were just superb, and he was fine. I mean, I didn't hate him, but I didn't love him. It's, it's He's just kind of reserved and, and laid back, and he's mm-hmm. and kind of... Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Regal in a way, but he—he feel. I guess what I liked about him is he had that regalness to him. He had that sense of uh, control and confidence, but he also he also felt approachable. Right. Yeah. Like he didn't seem snooty and up his own ass. Yeah, he's he's interesting because there's a bit of a Bond influence over this film. Yeah. Kind of like if Bond was was M and also the Prime Minister, <laughs> which, I, which yeah. I, I like, but that was kind of a specific thing that I think Brian Coogler said he went in to uh, meet with Marvel, and I think he got the job pretty quickly, but he was like, this is what like I want to do, and he, and he said that it was actually like Kevin Feige and, and everybody else who were kind of like, we think we could make him sort of like 
the Marvel Universe's, like, bond. And he really latched onto that idea that kind of sparked him, like, I guess he's, he's kind of a, a Bond fan, so... Mm-hmm. We got, like, the South Korea kind of casino scene, which was, was really yeah. cool. And Shuri is kind of his cue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, does that, does that make... The car scene was amazing. So, wait, does that make, um... What's-his-face from S.H.I.E.L.D., uh, brother from Langley? <laughs> yeah, he's the... Felix? Yeah, the white Felix lighter. <laughs> Felix has become white again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What do you guys but, think of him? Um, um, I was gonna say he's like the white morality pet, but that's not the that's not quite the right word. It's we've seen this with uh black characters. Um, really, anytime like one group of people is kind of getting vilified in the movie, you gotta throw that one in there to be like, see, we don't hate insert group here. <laughs> And he he kind of just fills that role, but I I appreciate that he's um he he feels like the character himself feels sincere outside of that sort of purpose. Yeah, like he seems like good and well-meaning. I was glad there wasn't some weird twist where he had some deep-seated racism or some shit like that. <laughs> he just drops the word <laughs> at the at the last minute. Yeah, or it's like gets really mad about something. It's like you people. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I enjoyed him in this. Um, uh, I thought at the end it was they were giving him a maybe a little bit too much to do. Like it was kind of, it felt like a lull in the action a little bit when he was kind of flying around and shit. Mm-hmm. But uh, but he was interesting, and, and I guess the only other white person is is Andy Circus as Claw. Yeah, Claw. who was who was Just like, I think directed to act as though he was in a completely different movie. Because he was on some legit Looney Tunes shit. Like, I think they told, I think they were like, okay, I want you to act as though you're a villain from Guardians of the Galaxy. Just go completely out of your mind. He was really enjoying it. Like, he was cracking up. It was so great. He was like super into all of it. Oh man. Like, was it like a hand cannon gun laser? I don't know what that thing was. Yeah, the robot of beans. I believe oh. it shoots some kind of sound business shock. <laughs> yeah, yeah, was that a was that a vibranium I, weapon? I yeah. think it was. I believe so. Okay, well yeah, there you go. I found the uh a link to it an episode where Black Panther shows up in the Fantastic Four. <laughs> I sent it to you guys. Oh yeah, I skimmed it. <laughs> That uh, shit was kind of like I was like, damn, this is kind of dirty. <laughs> it's like, come to my home, white people, I will hunt you. <laughs> yeah, they kind of made him craven. It was, it was interesting, but they, it was, it was interesting to see kind of like his story was kind of, kind of the same. Like, Claw kind of shows up, kills his dad, and he grows up and like has to hunt down Claw. Mm-hmm. And. But yeah, in there, the uh, they kind of explain the the arm weapon is made out of like he's he's like a he's not a sound engineer because that's a different thing, but he's he's create he like manipulates sound energy to like do some shit, and then he wants the vibranium, and then he makes the arm, and then it it shoots like sound sonic blast or something like that. Yeah. Actually, another thing that crossed my mind just now was the 
right after they killed Claw, I kind of expect. I thought we were in the third act because movies was long. I didn't check the runtime beforehand, but I thought we were mm-hmm. winding down into the third act where Killmonger and and him have a fight. For some reason, in my head, I was like, "Oh, T'Challa is gonna, you know, it'll be more dire, but he'll he'll win." But, See, I I knew we were coming up on the end of the second act when that fight happens because I was like, I think maybe I was remembering things from the trailer or something, but I was like, oh crap, Charles gonna lose this shit. Yeah, I was kind of surprised, <laughs> and I was like, oh, oh okay, and I was kind of, it felt like things were winding down a little bit, and I was like, so this they're just gonna fight, and then that's gonna be it. I was like, usually there's something bigger that goes down. Mm-hmm. Of course, then we got the third act, which is pretty great. I enjoyed that big-ass like, fight scene at the end. Yeah, I think my favorite moment with T'Challa is when he walks out to face the army all alone. I'm like, God damn, that's so hard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I like when he, when he walks up to kill and he's, what does he say? He's like... He's like, I did not yield, and I'm still, I'm not dead, so the challenge is still, mm-hmm. still in effect. <laughs> I didn't hear no bell. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I did like the fight scene between him and Killmonger on that weird train track thing. The vibranium know, train. Vibranium, yeah. Mm-hmm. Man, the few scenes that they showed, like when, the, they, were, when they panned Wakanda... And you get to see it just a little bit more of it. Just made me want to just <sighs> stop it. Yeah, one thing I didn't get to mention in regards to like loving Wakanda is <laughs> it's not even just a matter of you know their own city, their own people, their own history and tech. They even have their own god and their own afterlife. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah they got it. There's <laughs> like a couple of times that it's like I think. Um, they say for Bast's sake a couple of times. They don't really uh, explain it outright. There's a little bit in that instance of describing the origin of the Black Panther. But yeah, they have, um, yeah, like, like tribal afterlife and a panther god. They don't fuck with that Jesus shit. <laughs> <laughs> Which even, even in that in and of itself says something because, um, I, I don't have any particular hate for religion, but I know it's, it's one of the things used in that whole colonization process to kind of separate a person from their culture. Yeah, one of the things I've been hearing a lot is the 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 fantasy of this film of like the place like to dream about and the the big thing is like what about this place that was never like what if like there was a place in Africa that was just allowed to thrive and was untouched by Mhm by the slave trade and colonialism and, mm-hmm. and, you know, economic damage. Yeah, the exploitation of other human beings. Yeah. And that happens. Wakanda is born from when you just leave it alone. Well, and see, the other thing, too, is that I think there's uh, some lines that indicate uh, it was found on occasion and people attempted this, but, mm. you know, vibranium, the heart-shaped herb, the panther himself, no one ever made it back. Right. Like so, I watched um I watched a little bit of the uh motion comic, I guess the B E T cartoon. And they're a bit more raw about like showing instances where people found Wakanda and it was like they'd either kill everyone or they'd kill all but one person and be like, Yeah, go tell your friends. 
they come here, they're, they're fucked. <laughs> like, there was some murder going on in that thing. So with everything, you know, the, the Panther God and the flowers and all, and all this stuff, I mean, I haven't read any of the Black Panther comics, but how much of that was um, uh, taken from the comics versus just kind of being made up for... I'm pretty sure it's all there. Okay. Yeah, I was and wondering. I meant to ask that more near the time, mm. but what was your guys' history with this character? Mm. I may have seen the uh, Black Panther episode in Fantastic Four and kind of forgot about it. Otherwise, it was just kind of a character that was in the periphery, but I never really explored in depth. Same here. I mean, I've, I've heard of Black Panther, but, I mean, really, I mean, when he was shown in the, the Civil War movie or whatever, that was the first time I actually ever saw him. Like, really like in action? In action, yeah. I, I had not, I've, I'd only, like, like heard about him a tiny bit. But, um, yeah, so this is my first real exposure to his character in the world, uh, which I like. <laughs> I like him a lot. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Uh, I didn't, he's, he, like Jennifer Cable said, he was kind of on the periphery, like, I think I always thought he was cool, he's an interesting concept, but I never read anything with him or about him in it, I feel like I may have seen him show up in, like, a few random places, it's weird, I, I don't know, I almost feel like I only knew about him because he was, like, he's that black guy from Mm -hmm. Africa, he's the Mm -hmm. African superhero, but, like... And, like, that makes him stand out, but, mm-hmm. like, I, I may have seen that episode of the cartoon before, but I certainly didn't remember it. Uh, yeah. Rewatching it. And, uh, I, I don't know, I thought maybe he showed up on Spider-Man or something, but I looked and he didn't show up in that cartoon. Apparently he was, like, in the background of a couple X-Men episodes, but mm-hmm. um, he didn't even speak there. Did he show up in the Iron Man cartoon? I don't know. I don't think hmm. so. So okay, so it had to be fan- just Fantastic Four because I don't think he showed up in Hulk either. Yeah, or maybe you know I read something like you know cause I, I read a lot more comics when I was a kid, so he maybe maybe he showed up there, but mm-hmm. I really didn't know much about him. But I'm remembering now. I did encounter him. I read uh, it's uh, X Men versus Avengers like uh maybe like a year or two back and there was some stuff specifically regarding his relationship with uh Aurora in there. Yeah. Yeah, I always I that information was always in the back of my head too. Like I always knew he was married to Storm. But yeah, I guess maybe he's been on my radar like more in the last I don't know 4 or 5 years because I I I haven't read any of Tanahashi Coates' books, but I I kind of wanted to and I've read some of his articles and he's He's a very intelligent person, and I I don't always agree with him. I think he's a little bit fatalistic, but mm-hmm. he's a very smart kind of uh, black intellectual, contemporary black intele- intellectual. So I knew who he was, and then I heard he was writing Black Panther. And I think he wrote it for a few years, so I kind of that's been on my list for a while. But he was created back in I think the '60s by Stanley and Jack Kirby, so he's been around. Mm-hmm. I just yeah, like Joe said, like Black or Civil War was kind of my introduction. Mm-hmm. Uh, one thing I also, like, as soon as the movie was over, the first thing I did was I jumped on Wikipedia and all the other Marvel, you know, wikis and stuff like that, yeah. just to get a more insight on his character. And apparently, he within the Marvel, I guess at least in the comics, 
he's an incredibly powerful character. Like, oh yeah, is, yeah, he's like really. Like well, he can go like he can go toe to toe with like Wolverine, and I think in some cases like possibly kill him, and like he's just really really strong. So I, I did not know that. One of the uh, things that comes into play in that um, X Men versus Avengers comic book is at some point the Phoenix Force uh, gets turned on basically everybody, mm. and you know. For those familiar with it, and you know whether it's the X Men cartoons, the comic books, or whatever, the Phoenix Force—that's like a galactic level threat. Yes, like that could conceivably just eat everything. So, and you know, in, in the comic book, he's working alongside uh, Tony Stark and maybe Doctor Strange, somebody on the mystic end of things. And the interesting thing is that he was kind of playing counselor to both of them. Uh, Black Panther shares a space similar to, very similar to Doctor Doom, actually, where he has a f- basically three feet, one in the political, one in the magical, and one in the technological. And he's an authority in all three. Oh, man. That's crazy. So, you know, um, where he's yeah. outmatched on tech, he can, you know, bust magic out on you. If you've got him on magic, he can pull tech, or he can... You know, it's like, oh, yeah, I got an army. Oh, I'll just, like, politically maneuver you into not doing shit. I'll turn your government again. He can do any of it. And he's got, a, like, a whole... He's got the power of a whole country behind him. So yep. You can... Good God, this man. Yeah, just like Doom, I'm pretty power. sure there's, like, at least one, maybe multiple instances of, you know, a full-on Wakanda-Latveria war going on, which I'd like to see God. in a movie. That would be sick. My God. So I, I, I mean, who? Uh, so when, when was Black Panther? It was back even the sixties, Lionel or something, somewhere around there. Or, uh, probably. Uh, oh, sorry, yeah, Mike. That, I think yeah. the sixties. Sixties. Uh, was it made by a white guy or yeah, a black uh, guy Jack, or was yeah, it Stanley? He did. Sorry, sorry yeah, about that. Um, I like how I like how touched they were by all that going on mm-hmm. because that's not the only thing they made in response to that. Yeah. That's how we got it. Yeah, and I know I don't know if it was in reference to to um to Black Panther. It might have been <laughs> Luke Cage. I'm I'm not sure, but I know Jack Kirby had the idea of specifically creating like black superheroes and characters in books that were focused around black people, mm-hmm. specifically to get them off the ground and then basically get them into the hands of black writers. That was mm-hmm. kind of a goal for him back in the day. Yeah, I think, I mean, I'm pretty, I want to say there had to be something to that, even with uh, with Luke Cage as well. I mean, the uh, appeal of a bulletproof black man I don't think will ever die. Yeah, yeah. It, it was funny, I thought about that <laughs> while I was yeah. watching this, because this is now a black man who gets stronger as he gets shot. <laughs> He can literally reflect it back at you. Yeah. It was, uh, <laughs> it is funny, I was reading, uh, speaking of, of that, uh, I think it was an interview with Ryan Coogler where he was talking. Uh, some people were like having questions about Bucky. Mm-hmm. And they, they broke it down as to why he didn't have a bigger role. Um, first of all, there's like kind of the, the rule that they have with all of these kind of first outing movies where it's like, it's this character's movie. Like, we yeah. let them shine. Which, they didn't really do for Spider-Man. I mean, they did, but, like, you know. Um, 
But, like, Bucky, first of all, he's, like, traumatized again at the end of Civil War. How many times is that guy going to... Christ. <laughs> that poor yeah. bastard. So, to have him there healing in Wakanda and then waking up and then being thrown into the middle of, of a Civil War is, like, not good for him psychologically. But then there's also... <laughs> the 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 case was made it's like we don't like Bucky uses guns and we don't really need a, a white man running around in this movie shooting shooting black people <laughs> in Africa. <laughs> yeah. It's like yeah, we we were trying to avoid the whole white savior thing. <laughs> yeah. Amongst other stuff. It's like don't 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 worry, we're all gonna play together in Infinity War. Yeah, I fucking I can't wait for that. So yep. he's gonna bang Shuri. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not opposed to it. <laughs> I'm not either. I, kinda, I, I think that's that's cute. It, it's interesting because there's such wildly different personalities too. Mm-hmm. Could be interesting. Yeah. So there were a uh, a few. I guess like, I guess you could call them polls or unanswered questions. And that I was just reading. I think it was on the Verge or something that they were kind of pointing out. Um, like for one thing, the flowers when that when Killmonger ordered them all to be burned and all and all that kind of stuff and like why didn't they save? I mean, did they have to keep tending to them like all the time? I mean, if I had something like that, I would yeah, be grinding I, that stuff up, making a juice out of it, and you know, stocking um, that somewhere. Or well, you know, Joe, that's it's mm-hmm. part of what I was talking about with the whole. Um, Traditional, the traditionalism allowing them to conserve uh, things. Consider, I, yeah. um, consider how much uh, vibranium they had. Now consider how big that mine was and how much they'd actually used. If other countries got a hold of it, that stuff would be gone. Um, it's the element of advancement and tradition kind of balancing each other out, mm. which is why they have that tech, but they still live in huts. Why, you know, they have these huge bits of technology in one area and then vast expands of, you know, I don't know what the word I'm looking for is, but like, you know, animal life and shit. Rural. Rural. Yeah. 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 I guess that, yeah, I guess that makes sense. It balances it out. And also, um, you know, they, they use the heart shaped herb for a very specific purpose. If you had, it's something you'd want to control because it's basically superpowers on tap as well as access to the afterlife. That's, that's true. Um, yeah, I guess if they're really focusing hard on just tradition and culture and all that stuff, I can see why that, you know, we have to tend to it and only ever use it at this one sacred time, and that's it. Well, yeah, so. it, was, it was also, it was literally something gifted to them by their god. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we don't, we don't know to what degree, like, what efforts are needed to grow this. We only saw mm-hmm. it growing in that very specific area, so there may be a process. Yeah, because um, when, when he had to, like, burn all of it, I was like, damn, guys, you didn't have it, like, just, you like, know, ooh, I was more... I was upset like, with that. Yeah, like, did you have, like, some chilling in a fridge somewhere? Or just, I mean, come on. Yeah, yeah, like, like an emergency stash or something. Cause, <laughs> well, I mean, that's gonna, that's probably gonna be a problem they have to address. Because remember, the heart-shaped herb, or rather the lack of it, was the key part in the, uh, challenging right for the throne. Yeah. In order to challenge for it, the, uh, current king has to be without it. Yeah. So, now that, you know, now that it's gone, if it's gone for good, then they're gonna have to change that method. Cause well, if, if they get rid of it again, it's gone forever. 
as far as we know. Yeah. They, they didn't really say what's left. I, I got the impression that the last one was given to Chichala to bring him yeah. back to life. And, uh, mm. I, so, I was thinking about that earlier, like, so that gives the Black Panther their power once they become king, but, mm-hmm. so how did T'Challa, he was already, like, running around in the suit and shit in Civil War, but he wasn't king yet. Yeah, well, he had, he had the heart-shaped herb in him, I think it may have been. There's probably, like, cause you can challenge for it, but I think it's by default a hereditary thing. Which is why you can have his father still be king, but his son walk around as the panther under his order. Mm. Maybe they, I don't... Because at the start of that ceremony, they had to remove the power of the yeah, herb. Yeah, but I just assumed that they gave it to him earlier. Maybe his father had it given to him as he got older or something. Probably. Yeah, it was probably a point, yeah, as he got older, it was like, okay, I'm still king, but I can't do the panther bit. My son's in line for it, so this will be, like, part of his training, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, that, that makes sense. That makes sense. Uh, yeah, I... I I think the other thing, the other question that was brought up, and I started thinking about this too when people started talking about it, was why did why did Killmonger wait to kill Claw in that particular moment? He could have done it at any time, and he didn't really need him for anything. But why did he? This was uh, another thing where I was talking about there's a four-hour hmm. cut out there. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> So, I, I think they I don't know if they were guesstimating or if they kind of heard, but I was, it was the Fat Man on Batman episode where they talk about it. But they were saying that, um, as he might have not, he might not have known how to actually get into Wakanda, so he might have needed Claw mm-hmm. for, for that. But he does kill him and he's kind of, you know, I, I don't know, maybe he told him how to get there or what, but. Well, yeah, Claw did eventually, didn't, wasn't one of Claw's plans to eventually go back partially as a vengeance thing, but also so he could like hoard the vibranium yeah. and make big money. So he was, it was probably Claw holding on to the idea of maybe using uh, Killmonger as a lackey or something like that. Yeah. And I guess by that point, uh, Killmonger had maybe gotten the information he needed on how to you know, how to get there, where it was, and, you know, and kind of figured, okay, if I bring this guy in, like, as a gift, <laughs> they'll be down with me. Yeah. Okay. I see. So, speaking of that, he, he brings it to Daniel Kaluuya's character, Makabi. Um, mm-hmm. What do you guys think? Boy, the heel turn that Yeah. I thought that was a little much for me. Yeah, I think that that kind of goes back again. Four hour cut. There's probably some stuff missing since they seemed like bros, and he turned on a dime. I mean, not even just how hard he turned, but that he turned on. Oh, I wasn't able to kill him. Like he, for some reason, took it like as a personal offense. It's like he got it was away, personal, wasn't it? Well, no, it was personal because he wanted vengeance. But it's like, mm-hmm. no, oh, I, I didn't find gold in the mine. How dare you? <laughs> yeah. Well, well, I think, well, I think it's because he was just, you know, originally he wanted to go with him, and he, in the Black Panther, told him, don't, you know, don't worry about it. I need you here. I'll take care of this. So, yeah, I'd be pretty pissed, too, if, like, I mean, for the past 30 years, no one has caught this guy. 
I have a chance to do it, but and you don't do it. But, but okay, okay, Joe. <laughs> let's say, Joe. Let's say it was Unless me in that situation telling you that, right? Uh huh. When someone else came back with his corpse, would you then want to kill me? But what? No, no, because you did what I said. I'm confused. What? Okay, okay, what? okay. All right, all right. Let's say I was king, and you were mm-hmm. like, "Let's go get him," and I said, "No, I need you here. I'll go right. get him." I came yeah. back. I told you I messed up. I'm sorry, yeah. and you're mad, right? Yeah. Now, now someone wait, shows up. About that. Joe, would you really be mad at Jumper Cables for trying his best and not getting it done? And not succeeding. Well, you'll start with that. How mad well, would you really be at me for that? Uh, God damn it. it. Okay, I guess it depends if, like, I'm trying to remember what Claude did to him. Kind he of, killed his dad. It? Kill his dad, yeah. So, if I was real close with my pops, like, super close here, and, yeah. like, you know, this was, like, he meant everything to me, and I, and if I, in my head, if you came back and you told me you failed, in my head, the only thing that I'd be going through there would be, like, if he just let me come, I could have done this and mm. avenged my father. I'd be pretty fucking pissed. Okay. Yeah, no, would. no, no, you that, that, that makes... Mad at... No, I can, I can make... I can make sense of that. The issue is is not you didn't do good enough. The issue is if you'd let me come, we could have did it, right? Yes. Now, now here's the thing, fun. Joe. Joe, now here's here's part two. Here's the really fucked up bit. Someone else shows up with you know with the corpse of this guy you wanted dead, and says, "Okay, now I'm gonna go kill Lionel and take his throne." Would you be calling out for my blood? Uh, Would you be like, yeah, do it, kill that motherfucker? <laughs> but, but does he do that? Does he call out for his blood? He he definitely helps Killmonger. But... Oh, yeah, he's, yeah, but yeah. But, and, and then when T'Challa returns, it's like, okay, round two. He's like, you know, men form up on me. We're gonna go kill my former best friend because fuck that guy. Yeah, like well, he keeps no. getting worse as the movie well, goes on. Well, no, I, it wasn't because like you know, fuck that guy. It was because. You know, they all were serving under, you know, whoever is going to be king. So they were just following orders. So I didn't, I mean, I didn't like what he did, but I still understood he, that he no matter what. He doesn't hesitate, though. Well, like, okay, uh, OPA here. is at least, like, upset about it. No, okay, but the fact is still, you know, if you have a king and you're like a knight or something, no matter the situation, it is your job to follow that. Okay, so. Joe, Joe, he had to do it. Yeah. He didn't even flinch. It wasn't even like, well, I got no choice. Sorry. Or, you know, we got to do this. He, he was just some nigga in the street. <laughs> no, I, I, I get how he you feel, Lionel, but I, no, I'm still with issue is He doesn't give a fuck. It's not even, at this point, it's so not even that he did it. Yeah. It's that. Now his his supposed best friend means nothing to him. Like, this guy comes off as a sociopath to me. (laughs) (laughs) He also turns on his woman. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Rhino, go bore the shit out of my ex-woman. He's a sociopath! (laughs) Not even ex. (laughs) He only cares about these people for as long as, like, they, they comfort him. Uh, the moment, the moment they right. do anything that yeah. displeases them, die. <laughs> okay, you got me there. But yeah, I, I, I can see what you're saying on that one. I mean, he, it, is, he it did kind just, of. 
He's just he kind of, he's yeah. baffling as like a human that isn't you know doesn't lack empathy. Yeah, he kind of flipped it a little too fast, but um, yeah. And so. it's the fact that it keeps happening. He keeps one upping himself <laughs> in regards to heel turns. It's like I didn't think you could get dirtier. But then he switches <laughs> again at the well. He he kind of uh, right. uh, uh Okoye kind of makes a heel at the end. Yeah, yeah, she was ready to kick his ass. Yeah. He'd already tried to kill her. Yeah. I think he was just covering his ass. Like, unless there's some stuff in that four-hour cut that we're missing, I think the narrative here is that he's an honest-to-God sociopath. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but that did that did bug me a bit. For sure. But, um, I don't know where you were heading. I do want to touch on... Uh, a big Dark Horse favorite for everyone in OKA. Uh, the chick who played Michonne in Walking Dead. She oh, has some of us. Um, everyone loves her. Well, well she's, she's... No, everyone loves her, but everyone's favorite seems to be Killmonger. Really? I think everyone's favorite seems to be Shuri. But that, that's the thing that it seems to be going around, is nobody's favorite is T'Challa. No. No. Yeah. All the women... He, he, he'd be my favorite if not for my anthropomorphizing Wakanda. But, but yeah, so the, the three female kind of lead Okoye, Shuri, and, uh, and Lupita's character. Mm-hmm. Kind of, uh, people are feeling, I get the vibe that these are, people are feeling very refreshed by these characters and, mm-hmm. and uh, I, I don't know, it's, it's, it's nice to have, I mean, strong black women that aren't and this is something that I admire. That don't need no man. Yeah. Well, it's something that I admire about the entire film is it's it's not really a it's well it's not it's not a black struggle movie. Yeah. It's it's a sweeping, grand epic that involves black folks or the star of, but it's not like you know it's not another. It's not we must overcome, insert group here. Right, but it is very smart in the way it does talk about those issues. Yeah, it acknowledges that they're there for damn sure. Yeah, and I'm, I'm, that makes me really happy that they've tied it back, because I, it is this weird, like, when you think about it, like, he's an African character created by two Jewish guys, mm. you know, in America, and, and this, they... And I just thought the link that they brought it back to America and, like, black Americans and Africans from Africa, mm-hmm. played by black Americans and, and blacks from, from England, too. It's, mm-hmm. it's sort of this hodgepodge of just blackness. Yeah. Everything that it means to be black. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I like that you kind of get that, that sort of, like, that... I'm not finding the word here, depth, reach, scope, whatever. You kind of touch on as much as you can. You kind of like get this idea, okay, there's a lot more going on here than just insert group of black people that are around you. Like, I think the only kind of black person I didn't see in this movie is like a southerner. <laughs> yeah. Or, or maybe, like, I don't know if we saw any Jamaicans. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone from the islands? Nope. 
But um, what I was uh, wanting to say about Oki in regards to her having my favorite lines is that she has a lot of uh, funny lines that also do a bit of world building, specifically in regards to how Wakandans see people outside. Like, one of the things that cracked me up is, um, well, one of the things that cracked my sister up <laughs> is her complaining about the wig. Yeah, the weave. That got a big laugh in my theater. Um, I like her looking at the people firing the guns and calling them primitive. Yeah. <laughs> that was pretty good. And just her making that spear work over yeah. the course of that movie. Yeah. God damn. It's a very physical role. She's very badass in this movie. Mm-hmm. Very good character. Very good stuff. And, like, uh, on the on the subject of kind of, like, Mike, how you were saying, this is a, a black film without being a black struggle film. I like that she's this, like, strong and imposing female character without the need to emasculate the audience. Yeah, yeah. Because I feel like that happens... I don't know if I want to say it happens too much, but it's specifically the thing that makes a lot of people kind of retreat a bit anytime you talk about, like, feminist themes in an action movie. Like, there was a lot of people having that feeling about Fury Road. Specifically, oh, it's a Mad Max movie, and it looks like he spends the whole movie strapped to a car, and there's this female lead. Oh, okay, I get it. It actually wasn't. It actually wasn't that at all. Yeah, <laughs> but it's funny. I've seen people complain about that. If you're complaining about that, you don't you you don't watch Mad Max movies. Well, yeah, you also haven't watched the movie itself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, those are. Diegetic films, like, he can only bring so, he can only carry so much after four films, like, he's, mm-hmm. it's about where he goes and who he interacts with and stuff. Mm-hmm. But, um, I guess kind of wrapping it up, like, where do you think T'Challa goes from here? Like, I guess we're gonna see him through Civil War and then he'll go somewhere else after that, and like, I guess all these characters, like, is there, what do you guys want to see happen? Um, I kind of, I mean, one, there's the whole matter of uh, the heart-shaped herb and what we're going to, you know, what do we do about that being gone? Um, I don't really, I can't really say I have any uh, big ideas about where to go from here just because I'm not very familiar with the sort of pantheon of characters in Black Panther, specifically the rogues gallery. I don't know what we're dealing with, but at the same time, I don't think I mind going into things relatively blind. Yeah, me neither, but I think, um, you know, one of you mentioned earlier seeing him, you know, maybe interact with Latberry and Dr. Doom. If oh, yeah. Those characters in. Could be now that would be nuts. Yeah. Yeah, I'd be down. I'd be down for, uh, yeah, a uh, Latveria-Wakanda war. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's, a, there's just so much potential for him as a ruler. Like, the stories you can tell there. Like there's so much you can pull from. Mm-hmm. Um, what about in Civil War? You got any? Or not Civil War. Um, uh, Infinity War. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm kind of curious to what degree they're going to have the Avengers try and tackle the power of the Infinity Stones. Like, is this going to be a situation where... Because um, I saw... Uh, I saw... I watched uh, Guardians 2 recently. And I guess another uh, element that factors into the comic depiction of uh, the Infinity Gauntlet, maybe the Infinity War as well, is kind of name-checked. So I'm wondering to what degree they're going to have 
Thanos, like, is he going to assume the whole set? Or is the big fight going to be about, okay, we got to keep him from getting all of this? Because if he gets all of it, we're fucked. I'm kind of looking forward to seeing um, uh, basically Wakandan tech and Stark tech come together to try and figure this out. So I was sort of thinking about that during the movie. It's like, okay, how 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 are the advancements, how do the advancements stack up here? Yeah, I think I heard somebody say that um, in the MCU, uh, the smartest person in the MCU is actually Shuri. Mm-hmm. Which means she's smarter uh, than Tony Stark. So I, I am curious. I, I always I like that. I, I've always liked seeing like the smartest minds in the Marvel universe meet up. Like I always got excited when like mm-hmm. Tony Stark and Reed Richards were in the same room or mm-hmm. like that. Or like uh, yeah, when you find out uh, the Marvel equivalent to the Illuminati is like Tony Stark, Reed Richards, Professor X, and like. I think it was Bruce Banner at some point before they exiled his ass to space. <laughs> yeah, it's like this super genius committee. Oh, yeah, and Namor. I think more because they know they'd eat shit if they left Namor out. Yeah. Actually, on the... On the um, and anybody who listens to this, you should go watch the uh, the panel that they did on Batman on Batman. They had a... Evan Narcisse, who used to write for Kotaku, is currently writing um, Black Panther, um, which I didn't really know, but... Uh, he was talking about some interesting stuff. Apparently, he's been writing T'Challa and Namor have been like butting heads. So that's oh yeah, there's there's another war right there. Yeah, they, two uh, the two rulers. So yeah, I think I w- I I just want to see more of because it's such a unique position. Well, I've already talked about it, but a unique position for him to be in as a ruler. I we want to see him like you know tackle other rulers, but and I love that because it just builds out kind of. The, the world of the, the MCU's Earth so mm-hmm. much when you have, like... So it'd be cool to see more nations. Yeah, this is really making... I mean, not just... I mean, Namor and Doctor Doom. I'm trying to think. There's probably probably some other big figures, but I'd like to see that. And, um... What was it? I just had a thought, which was maybe the issue of the heart-shaped herb could involve Doctor Strange, since it's a spiritual matter as well. Like, the thing about Black Panther is because he has he has a, a hand in so many pots, he's easy to make crossover with other things. I've also heard in the comics Shuri, like, becomes Black Panther at some point. Mm-hmm. So that, that could be very interesting. Um, and it, it's just great. Like, I don't know, she's so refreshing in this movie, but it mm. does set up, like, you know, when you think of characters like her and, like, Tom Holland as Spider-Man, like, they're really going to be the future of the next... Yeah. You know, once these guys are finally ready to retire, like, Thor, like, they seem like they're not really going to reboot this shit, at least for a while. Yeah. It seems like they're really focusing on building this universe. And and she she's very young, so... We'll, we'll get to see more of her, but Joe, what do you, what are you, predictions or hopes and dreams for T'Challa and Company? <laughs> T'Challa and Company is like a TV show sitcom, stuff <laughs> like that. Um, uh, well, when you guys were talking, I was like, just looking at this, this article, just, cause I really don't know any of his villains or anything, and yeah, Doctor Doom was mentioned. I love Doctor Doom, that guy's nuts, so it would be great to see him. They need to do this thing. They, oh, they, 
They absolutely do. They need, um, they need Norman Osborn. They need a bunch of... Oh, yeah. Um, Norman Osborn this, is always a force to be reckoned with. But. Oh, yeah. Yeah, really yeah, yeah, especially during the uh, Dark Reign period, which was right after the Skrull invasion. He, he basically became, like, the biggest king shit villain in all of Marvel for a time. Yeah. So there's also, which play a really big part, apparently in the comics, the Skrulls. Like, there's this weird... Yeah, like alien race of cre. I mean, they, they apparently they, they play like body snatchers. Yeah, there you go, body snatchers, and so and it deals with Captain Marvel and a whole bunch of other big players. So yeah, yeah. Uh, be- so when they, uh, it, whenever they decide, I mean, not even whenever they decide to go back to space, but like when they want to have another big threat come from space, they can do the scroll invasion. Yeah. Okay. So that would be that would be good. And that could lead, and actually that could connect into, like you were just saying, like a whole bunch of other stuff, like a, way more other movies and all kind of nice stuff. And, um, there's apparently this other character called Malice. It's like this, this woman kind of looks to see what her deal is, but she's like, she's also Wakandan and she just, I don't know. So she could be it. The next villain that he has to fight could be someone from within the country, maybe like something, maybe something happens. And yeah, I would want to, I think if, uh, they did another Black Panther movie. Um, I'd want it to be more central to Wakanda. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I want more time there. Yeah, I mean, I'd probably want more than something like uh, maybe a disgruntled someone within the royal family, kind of like how they just did, but like, you know, someone else from, maybe not someone else from the past, that's kind of, that'd be tiring, because I just did that. Um, I don't know, I don't know what they could do, or where they could pull it from, but yeah. It would be really cool if they could just really focus a lot on Wakanda and you get to learn about way more characters and the villain is kind of from within there. So I don't know. I, I, want, I just want to see more of it. Just more of that little, that little world. Um, or just do more crossover stuff. Man, I'm, I'm, I'm digging when they're doing these crossovers with the, the characters and, you know, how like in the Civil War they had Captain America, Iron Man, just do more of that stuff. I, I, I love that. That's fun. Probably expensive, but I'd be down. Um, yeah, and there's also this other thing too that I was just looking under the call. It's called the Illuminati. Apparently, apparently yeah. Uh, yeah, Iron Man, I guess Namor, Mister Fantastic, Professor X, mm-hmm. Black Bolt, Doctor Strange, and Black Panther were all kind of like the ones pulling the strings in the entire world. Kind of like, yeah, and yeah, and at one point they shot the Hulk into space. And yeah, no, I was, I was, pissed. I was mentioning that. Yeah, they uh, shot. But yeah, yeah. in like the rare moment of Namor actually being kind of a cool guy, but still a dick, is that he tried to kill Tony Stark over it. <laughs> and then <laughs> it's like that's, that's fucked up, man. <laughs> and then they tried hiding the Infinity Stones, um, and they did a whole bunch of other stuff. But mm-hmm. yeah, that could be. There could be some cool stuff they could pull from that. Although that sounds like a whole set of movies with themselves. So maybe they, maybe they can't do that. I mean, definitely uh, they could. Yeah. But honestly, I would love to see a movie. I mean, hiding the Infinity Stones would probably be a big deal post. Yeah. 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 But for like next villains, probably definitely you guys are talking about Doctor Doom or Namor. I I would. Um, one thing outside of villains I'd like to see. Um, storm or storm equivalent. Mm. Just open it up with him doing her, right. you know. <laughs> well, I want a bit more development oh, before we got to Booty Head. Oh, yeah. I like that scene from Monsters Ball. 
There you go. Feel good. Can you make me feel good? Can you make me feel good? Can you make me feel good? Where are all those storms above Wakanda? They only seem to happen. Like, there's, a, there's a weird system floating overhead. It seems central over the palace. Um, yeah. That's not a natural occurrence. Oh, man. Yeah. It happens every night around 10 o'clock and lasts for uh, about... 20 to 2 a.m. minutes. <laughs> That'd be a big deal to bring Storm in. Uh, they can do it ostensibly, but you know, if they were to recast Storm, what do you guys think for that? I mean, who didn't they already cast in this movie? Well, you know, I really wish if they hadn't... Um, who was his mother? The, um, Angela Bassett? Yeah. Oh. Is he too old? He might be too old. Fun fact, if I ever did a life story, did a movie about my life story, she's who I'd want to play my mom. <laughs> you and every other black dude. Yep. <laughs> she is just, she's beautiful, she's a great actress, she just mm-hmm. fits Storm perfectly. Maybe a younger version of her, but I would love for her to be Storm. I think she would fit very well. Well, she's already, uh... Yeah, she's already... Mother. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That would be weird. She plays Thor in the next movie. Yeah. Viola Davis. <laughs> Gabrielle oh. Union. Yeah. Queen Latifah. Ah. Yeah, hold on. I'm going to need five <laughs> minutes alone with the thought of Gabrielle Union as Thor. Queen Latifah. Oh, my. Beyonce. No. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I know how you feel about that one. Oh, wait a minute. What is Lisa Bernays' daughter's name? Uh, I'm blanking. I was just looking her up the other day. Oh, Zoe Kravitz. <laughs> oh. Mm. I, just, I just want her. There is no... Oh, <laughs> I just want that. <laughs> Uh, yeah, just put her in. Give me that. I, I, I don't care. I, yeah. <laughs> and I want That's it. I usually don't go for chocolate. Okay, Joe. <laughs> yeah, settle down. <laughs> All right, that was too much. Normally, I'm going too far. <laughs> I'd say uh, maybe get an unknown for that one. Mm. But I, Probably. I don't know. I'm sure there's a good choice out there. Probably a British actress. We're hiring. There's so many British and Australian, Australian British actresses and actors. Oh yeah, they're coming from all over. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So my other wrap-up question is: Do you, with the success of this movie, do you think it's going to affect Hollywood? Um, I don't know full-on Hollywood. My hope is that um, Afrofuturism becomes like that genre everyone wants to tackle following this. I don't know if it's that, that's kind of really specific. I think I think what everyone's hoping and what I'm kind of hearing like buzz about, is, or just in, even in general before this movie, is that um, it's being opened up a lot more. Like, being willing to tell black stories or... Mm-hmm. I mean, it seems like queer stories are, are getting told a lot more as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think this is a 
I actually think this movie's like a gigantic step forward. Um, it's just because we've had you know successful black movies before and black TV mm-hmm. shows, but this is kind of undeniable. they've been this is undeniable. Yeah, well, they've also been very much okay. This is the black experience, whereas this is a genre film featuring black people. Yeah. It's it's the thing I've been Mike, you, well, you and Joe. No, this is the kind of thing I've been really wanting since forever. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I just, what makes me really happy about this, that it is, you know, that is a genre film. And it's, it's, it's so, it is different from the usual. I, I just, I've grown so very tired of the, just the same old black film of being the either struggle about film. Some, it's either the struggle film or it's, you know, a relationship film or if, it, mm-hmm. or it's, uh, just like a ghetto, you know, something about the ghetto or some sort of, just, I, I can't, it's just the same thing over and over and over again, and it's getting really tiring, so that's why oh, this yeah. was The thing great. is, is like, these things aren't necessarily bad, but yeah. it feels like the goal you want now is to make a black-centric film that isn't just for a black audience. Yeah, yeah yes. Yeah, I think that's... And I mean, that's not just, and that's not just with black people. We want mm-hmm. everybody doing this because that's that's the Absolutely. gateway. How should I put this? That's the gateway to us getting to the post-racist society. A lot of people think we're in, but we're actually not. I don't know if anybody thinks that anymore. Oh, you'd it be was, surprised. It was a flash after Obama got elected, but I, I think pretty. It, it, you'd have to be a complete dipshit to not realize the racial. Turmoil. I mean, all you gotta do is like go to Twitter's front page or look at the Facebook feed news. It's <laughs> well, this well, racial strife every day. Yeah, well, no, therein lies the thing. Uh, the people who think we're there think we're bringing that on ourselves. That's the <laughs> that's that's what I hear. That's what gets yelled at me that's when like I try and help. Snake that eats itself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, that's yeah. the thing. That's that's at least in regards to depictions of people. You know, people are gonna holler and scream a lot less when, you know, you talk about representation or you put a black person or an Asian person or whatever on screen when they're used to seeing them. Part of the reason why it stands out to them is because they're not used to it. You do this over and over, eventually it becomes normal. It's the reason why nobody flinches when you have a white person play insert thing here. We see white people all the time. It's normal. So you get everyone else to the point of normal, and, you know, you're that much closer to a role as a role. Yeah. But then you're also that much closer to, oh, this is a movie about a black experience, and you don't have to deal with people going, eh, I don't like, you know, it's too black for me. It's like, oh, but that thing over there is too white. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I need to get this soapbox from under me. It's getting damn, <laughs> Give this man a soapbox. That's what he needs. No, no, I need to get rid of the the fifteen I'm like perched on right now. Yeah, that's it. No, but I hear you. It's just sorry, everybody. I got carried away. Yeah, yeah but this is why I like this movie a lot because it's just it's different, but in a good way. Very, very good way. Oh man, yeah. just so tired of those old, the same old movie. So tying this a little bit back to the question I asked before, this is where do you want to see that go? Like. If, mm. if this is oh. if this is kicking the doors in, 
Yeah. Uh, see, I think I want I more think... black people in space yeah. and maybe even <laughs> fantasy settings, just like right. really inventive and crazy shit. Okay, here's my pitch: we remake Moonraker with Idris Elba as Bond. Lies? Oh, yeah, black guy in space. <laughs> um, really? Yeah, really. I, I, I've wanted Idris Elba as Bond for the longest time. I'm yeah. so with it. I think the studio, I, I, I know some of the producers are concerned. I've, I've heard rumblings that they, they want him in. And it looks like we're going to get one more Craig movie in. Mm-hmm. With this movie coming out, who knows what that's going to open the door for. I mean, How would you guys feel about a black Batman? Um, that's a little different. Um, I, I actually, We've talked about Mark Bernard in a couple times, but he somebody asked him this question on a uh, Batman on Batman, and I I tend to agree with him a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not as opposed to it as he would be. I think it could work, but his whole spiel is kind of it makes sense that the Waynes come from a, fa- a white family of privilege, and there's mm-hmm. this history of of the Waynes, and and they kind of you know they. They go back and they, you know, they've been around for so long, um, and they've just always been rich people and mm-hmm. black, okay. black folk in America don't really have that historical wealth, um, tied to it. Mm-hmm. And he's, he's, and he's just very much like a privileged character. Yeah. You know, that makes sense. There's that dynamic of, you know, he's a, he's a rich guy in a suit kind of fucking around in, Poor neighborhoods all night. Uh huh. Being a vigilante, and is that right or is that wrong? Um, and if you kind of if you kind of take the whiteness out of the equation, it's he's kind of it changes the character. Mm-hmm. Not that you couldn't do it, but I I think if we're, if we're up to me, I probably wouldn't do it. Yeah, well, I think if I were if I wanted to see something like that, it wouldn't necessarily be as the de facto Batman. Yeah. Like, I don't think I'd be like, okay, DCU, Batman's black now, but, like, as a standalone movie, I'd be totally down. Well, that's yeah. the thing. They're already, I was just looking up as you guys were talking, and there is a black Batman. His name is Batwing. Right, <laughs> but a that's, a, that's a little different, but We're talking that's about cool Bruce too. Wayne specifically. Like, a black the, Batman, okay. of course there could be a black Batman. Mm-hmm. Anybody could be Batman. That's the appeal. But, like, right. a black Bruce Wayne is a little bit uh, harder okay. to... Kind of, kind of pull, mm. but yeah, I would. I, I think I don't know. I hope I get to see Idris Elba, Elba as Bond. Yeah, Elba. I would kind of like to see maybe a little bit more Latin people kind of around. Oh yeah. The, the thing okay. is, um, it's funny because they're in the like MCU and DCU. There's like the the kind of iconic characters that I've really loved growing up are already cast and and I'm fine with them being cast like the, like they're not written as Latin characters like there's a few um like um, around Blue Beetle's the only one I can think of that's Latin yeah and I don't know who that is and I don't care <laughs> yeah. but like Miles Morales is like half Latino or something which is kind of like well, I don't know but. Um, well, yeah, he's like a black Latino, right? Yeah, like yeah, Puerto Rican or something. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I was kind of thinking around, and I, it's funny to think about, but I really latched onto this character as a kid, 
And I, I don't really know why, but Renee Montoya from the DC Universe, she's, mm-hmm. she was just a cop on uh, on Batman the Animated Series. Yeah. In the comics, she actually became the question. That would be sick. Oh, cool. They could do that, like, yeah. for real. Yeah. yeah. But I would like to see her. So, like, I think the DCU actually needs that. Because the one thing they definitely don't have is that, you know, each character kind of representing their own world type thing. So you'd have the questions like a much more grounded character in this like super superhero world having the same level of impact. She could kind of fill the role that Batman's supposed to fill. Yeah. But they they unfortunately jumped to jumped straight to the invincible Bat God version of that character. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so I'd, I'd like to see more of that, I guess. I mean, it's not, I'm not really a person who chomps at the bit for, like, for, like, give me a Latino superhero, but, uh, it would be cool to see. I've definitely noticed that there's not a lot. I get excited when I do see, like, Michael Payne and Ampian. <laughs> Very silly character, but I'll take it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Well. Yeah. I I want more. Just 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 give me more. Yeah. Well, definitely more genre films. I. Oh well. Uh, Disney's coming out with that thing with Whoopi. Uh, Whoopi Goldberg. Oprah in it, and the whole bunch in the and the main characters. Equal in time. Yes, that thing. Yeah. So. Was I guess a, that could be considered. I guess they were film. they were cutting. Ryan Cooler and Ava DuVernay were cutting. Uh. Like right next door to each other, so they were kind of bringing each other in and showing each other what they were doing while they were while he was cutting this film and she was cutting in on time. So, ah, sweet. Okay, well that should be good. A little confused in the trailers what exactly that movie's about, but it looks interesting. Yeah, I don't know either. I don't actually know that I'm interested in seeing it either. But, um, maybe. Uh, Seems like it'd be a cool date movie if I could find a date. <laughs> Definitely feels like one of those. Yeah. Um, anything else you guys want to say about mm-hmm. the Black Panther? Hmm. I do want to say, for some reason, people have been having this conversation. They can't tell whether Black Panther, the comic book character, came before the Black uh. Panther party or not. And I, uh-huh. I just want to say for the record, I'm pretty sure the Black Panther Battalion in World War II came first, and that's probably where the movement took their name from. Mm, I, I can see that, yeah. yeah. Don't think it was related to Marvel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Probably not. I think that's all I got. I'm just excited, and I hope that it just, just opens it up for more really cool, creative black films. I really, really hope that's what happens. Uh, it's just... Yep. And not that we get more of what's her name that like oh god. We like dress he dresses up as a woman and uh, Oh Tyler Perry. <laughs> oh god. Yeah. No more of that shit. It's just enough. Hey, uh, hey those the success of those movies film I mean fund other films it, that it, aren't related to it. <laughs> I know, but those the films that it funds don't push don't push things forward for black films. It's just it's more of the same Stupid shit. It's just... It's comfort I mean, food. Don't get me yeah, wrong. It's, yeah, I, I, it's, it's, it is comfort food. It's, it's cinema junk food. It really is. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love all the Friday movies. <laughs> Good stuff. But 
I, you know, I just want more. And this is definitely a start of that. So, yeah. I also want to see more document, like, um, like straight out Compton. Well, I guess you can't really call that a document. Oh, uh, like my uh, biopic. No, not really. That's, that's, a, that's another, but that is another huge black film that made a lot of money. Yes, I want to see more stuff like that, like digging into the history. Yeah. Of you know, not slavery. We, we it's bad. We've covered that. Yeah. We don't need to keep making more movies about that. Okay. Uh, nothing wrong with them, but we no, it's nothing we've wrong. Seen a lot of them. Yeah. They don't come around as often anymore. No, that, that is absolutely true. But I mean, I just I <laughs> I've got my fill for the moment. I don't. Ugh. Anyway. I mean, yeah, it's also so. just not a fun thing. To <laughs> I know. You just don't keep. You don't have to keep. It's bad, and people should absolutely know about it. But no, I just. just I don't. Don't want to. Yeah, I just watched Mudbound yesterday. It's a uh, Mary J. Blige is nominated for it. Um, it's a. Uh, it takes place during World War Two, and it's about these two families that work on a farm. One's white, one's black, but. You know, the whole third act, I was just like, oh, everything's going too perfect. What's going to happen? Like, what is going to happen? <laughs> oh, man, always. That's on Netflix, isn't it? Isn't that Netflix movie? Jump of Cables, yeah. you got any final <laughs> words? Uh, babes out there. What? <laughs> Sorry, I was inhaling as you said that and missed it. <laughs> you got any final thoughts on this? Uh, on Black Panther... Um, I guess again, just just give me more, give me more. I mean, more genre films in general, more creativity, more worlds for me to explore. It, it I do like seeing black people in them. Mm-hmm. I mean, I want to see other people in them too. You know, me too. Asians, Mexicans, all that stuff. I mean, really, I want to get to the point, like I said earlier in this, where. Anyone can be in anything, and no one really bats an eyelash. Not even because, like, oh, I'm just tired of all this arguing. I, you know, I kind of want the freedom for everyone. I want the, I want the creativity to be uninhibited, yeah. and I also want things to stop hurting people. If I can be sentimental for a quarter second, yeah. <laughs> so much. Uh, you know, anybody can be in anything. I want to take that a step further, and I wish that I, I think they should cast Michael B. Jordan again. Because I just want to see him in the Marvel Universe some more. I, I really, that was the one, I guess if I have to knock something legitimately about Black Panther, is I was pretty disappointed that Killmonger died at the end. I was like, no, what are you doing? You need him for later. Stop it. <laughs> yeah, like, I, I, wasn't, I, I wasn't mad that his character died, but I... I always thought he was a cool casting choice for Johnny Storm, and it, it it would have been cool to see him in a main role down for the long haul. Like, yeah. Just to see him, like, in Infinity War, and, like, you know, if, mm-hmm. if a Fantastic Four thing had worked out, you know, Galactus and... Yeah. Huh, I never I never thought of that. So since he did play that character in Fantastic Four, and now that he's dead as another character in the... Does that mean we won't? Oh, well, well, it's fun. It's funny no. how the role of Johnny Storm like guarantees you gold <laughs> down the line. <laughs> yeah, because that's also how we got Cap. Yeah, who he was also huh. a very good Johnny Storm. I thought I liked him as right. Johnny Storm, but I love him as Cap. Oh yeah, so that means we'll never see <laughs> Fantastic Four crossover 
they, they I want to say as cursed as that property is for cine- cinematics, I want to see I want to see the MCU make it work, if only because there's so many good stories tied to them. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, they're really and cool. they're 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 a group that's really good about both standing alone and crossing over. Yeah, like that would be especially good for because Spider-Man has a lot of good stuff yeah. with that. God, please! Oh, I would love to see Spider-Man have a problem and go talk to Reed Richards about it. Or just like a movie opens up with him like perched on the roof hanging with Johnny. Oh my God! Yes, because <laughs> I mean that's that's another thing I like is that him and Johnny were like such yeah, bros. I forgot about that bromance. Oh, give that to me. <laughs> yeah, oh. me too. That was one of my favorite things as a kid. I forgot about it. Just. It's weird how these divisions have made me forget about certain dynamics. Like, obviously, like, the Storm and Black Panther marriage, but, like, Johnny Storm and, and Spider-Man. God, that's... Yeah. A lot of good stuff there. Yeah. Shit. Well... Or, like, the sheer number of people who say fuck that guy the moment the Kingpin is mentioned. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Basically everyone in New York. <laughs> yeah. You know, I might be in the minority in this, but I would be totally fine with slowing down on the Netflix shows and just having those guys integrate into the movies. Yeah, I, I it, it, some of the characters not showing up and other stuff yeah. just doesn't seem yeah. right. Or the opposite way around. Like, I would love to see Spider-Man show up in Hell's Kitchen or something, you know? Yeah, I'd be down with that for sure. Or, like, even just more nods the other way. Yeah. Like... Maybe during the next Spider-Man movie, they can mention some of the stuff that went on in uh, Daredevil, or maybe Kingpin shows up as some like political figure again, or yeah, just just more interconnectivity. Yeah, that's the one place where these where they're kind of lacking. Yeah, similar thing about uh, Agents of Shield for me personally, because they they do a good job with it one way, where the events of the movies affect the series. Like, a lot. Like, I want to say they spent, like, one and a half seasons on the backlash of Civil War, which was pretty cool. Mm. But, um, you know, I'd like to kind of see it the other way. I mean, you, you can you can fucking have Coulson show up. He's been in there before. <laughs> yeah, that's a funny one. But, uh, yeah, I, I guess, uh, thank you for tuning in. Where can we hear more of Jumper Cables and Joe? Um... I guess Old Taku Connection is my show about anime that's hit a bit of a rough patch. I'm trying to get back on. Um, hopefully by the time this comes out, it'll be that, uh, Street Fighter animated series commentary of episodes two through four because we lost episode one. Um, I haven't told you guys this, so the audience will get to know it as soon as you. I'm thinking that what we're going to tackle next you know, thanks to this new schedule, is either a condensed version of the Macross franchise or Gundam. But I really want to go into space and pilot a giant robot. Okay. <laughs> oh, and, of course, NAGP is coming back, kind of, sort of. Yes, it is. I'd be editing the episode today and get that out hopefully on Moon Day. Monday. Monday. This yeah. podcast uh, is in a place where time has no meaning. So <laughs> time is warped here. None of, none of that makes any sense to them. I don't even know when I'm going to release this. Sometime this <laughs> month, which would be March. 
Yes. <laughs> Hopefully the next set of episodes of all of our shows will uh will have readjusted to the um the retconning of certain events. Mm-hmm. Monthly format. Where are you on Twitter? NADP returns. And I'm at Otaku Connect. And I'm at Hyper Nineties. Yeah. And you can follow us on Facebook, subscribe on SoundCloud, iTunes, and follow us on Instagram. Grams of the Insta. Thank you for tuning in. Watching black people be black people. Yeah. That's cool.